You obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, I'm Brian Sloyer, filmmaker, stuntman, boss level, Aquaman, soon to be director, hopefully. And you are listening to Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> Joining me tonight is stunt performer, actor, filmmaker, martial artist, having worked on such projects as Aquaman and the upcoming films Bloodshot and Boss Level, Brian Sloyer. Brian, thank you so much for taking some time out to join the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Excited to be here. It's really cool to have you. I have gotten to know of your work through a community of stunt and fight pros uh, in LA. Uh, I've had a bunch of your colleagues on, Jay Kwan, Yoshi Starso, Vlad Rimberg, I just talked to actually. But uh, how did you first get involved in this whole stunt community? I would have to say it was uh, two different paths that sort of compounded together. First of all, I was a martial artist. I started when I was 15 and just my love for movies. I remember a lot of good memories were with my dad. Pretty much there was a, a time where we'd go to the uh, movie theater pretty much every weekend together and just watch whatever we thought was uh, interesting. I saw a lot of movies at home. I think that's where the interest sort of originated. Now, the movies that you've made, uh, and I'm a fan of some of the work that you've, you've done, uh, Arthur, which is, uh, I think, the most recent one, is fantastic. Yeah. I think the action in that is so cool. Uh, there's another one that I really like, Night Watch, just because that close quarter fighting that you, you capture is <laughs> yeah. it's kind of claustrophobic and, and uncomfortable, but it, it looks so great when you, when your guys are, are ripping it up there in that elevator. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, uh, that was actually something I did on the side while I was out fight coordinating boss level in Atlanta. We had a couple of free nights and I just uh, hit up some of the guys down there. I, I had this small concept uh, and they were like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So it's, it's just one of those experimental things that sort of took a couple of days to, to shoot, obviously at night. And yeah, it was kind of, uh, it's one of those things where in the middle of it, had no clue what I was going for. I sort of had a base concept, but uh, we just played with it as we went along. That's cool. Now, you said that you were a fan of movies, you know, watching movies with your dad. When did you get that bug to start shooting movies? I actually uh, I got that bug when I had an injury. At the time, I was uh, in film school, just trying it out, seeing if I liked it. And uh, the, the first year, uh, I only did one year, but in that first year, they present the scope of filmmaking to you. So like directing, screenwriting, cinematography. And I was very interested in screenwriting and cinematography. So I bought a little camera and I only cranked it out because I was injured. So I I was hobbling around on one leg and I just started shooting my buddies doing stuff. One of my friends was a parkour athlete. So I, I shot a video where he was just jumping around the city of course, like part of the assignments in class were to shoot like a 30 second mood change or, uh, you know, it was like exercise based. So, you know, I, I sort of got comfortable with the camera and started realizing I really liked having this control um, and this opportunity to be able to take what I thought 
I wasn't able to externalize and make it tangible uh, via this platform. So in your films, particularly Arthur, uh, you made a point of showcasing Filipino martial arts. Uh, I'm Filipino, uh, and I know mm-hmm. from your history that you were born in the Philippines. You were raised in North Carolina. Are you actively trying to raise the profile of the Filipino martial arts, or is it just a case of doing what you know and just putting that on film? I would say yes, definitely. Uh, it's a piece of my heritage that I'm very proud of, so I would like to to highlight it, and it's something I understand the most uh, in terms of martial arts. Uh, I really enjoy the concepts it provides. It's very efficient. It's very fast. the The challenge is how to make that look good on a performance level. You know, adding emotion to it, adding a flow to it, and uh, without tainting, I guess, the reality of it of what it could be, you know? So, uh, yes and no, I guess. The second part of your question is something I am the most familiar with, but down to its core, I would say it's just something I enjoy personally. So, of course, it surfaces most often, and it's sort of the movement I want to see when I choreograph uh, scenes and such. Now, I'm a little familiar with the martial art itself. I'm relatively new to martial arts as a student. Uh, I've only been taking it for about a year and a half, but the reason I took up the martial arts that I did was that I have an opportunity to learn Dose Pares Escrima as part of the program. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, it and that's a different style than the, the style that you study, right? Uh, well, actually, Dose Pares was uh, sort of the umbrella Kali system that a lot of the Belinda Walk stuff came from. Okay. So in our in our history, late Grandmaster Anjan uh, Bacon left the Dose Paris Club and started his own school, and thus was born the Belinda Walk style. And then, of course, out of that, you know, many different Belinda Walk styles came about. But actually, it's more connected than than uh, you would think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Filipino martial arts, though, has been used in Hollywood for a while. Uh, it's been in movies like Jason Bourne, uh, John Wick. It's uh, a style, though, that doesn't necessarily have uh, an ambassador the way that Silat did with Iko Uwais or Muay Thai with Tony Ja. Do you think that Hollywood can handle or is ready for a Filipino martial arts showcase? You know, I think it, it shouldn't boil down to having a single representative. I think with filmmaking, it's about the story. And I think what made Iko and, uh, you know, Tony Ja and uh, people who represented Kung Fu, I think what made people gravitate towards them was that they were their own people. And it just so happened that they're grown at, you know, this style or that style. And I think uh, things um, come about uh, in good time on their own. I think it's not necessarily about if it's ready to be represented. I think it's it boils down to who represents it uh, most genuinely, most honest, uh, who just enjoys performing it or choreographing it. I think that's what people gravitate toward. And it's obvious that Eco... He's a very good martial artist, and he his salat, you know, is something he's very passionate about, and that comes through on screen. Uh, same for Tony Jaa, same for, uh, you know, um, the Hong Kong guys, all those action stars. You know, they're 
their arts were very much ingrained in them as people. And I think it's the people that uh, audiences pay to go see on the big screen. Now, do you think that we have a few people, one or two people that you think could be the uh, the face of Filipino martial arts yet? Or is that something that we're still working on? Potentially still working on. Uh, for myself, I don't know. The only reason I perform Kali choreography or, or in general fight perform is just because I, I love performing. If by happenstance uh, I can use that as a platform to raise awareness of, you know, Kali and present it and, you know, I want to do, you know, my uh, teachers and mentors proud. Uh, that taught me the art, and I guess that would be a way for me to give back. But who's to say? Because I obviously I don't foresee myself um, performing forever. Maybe there's someone down the road that I'll meet that I can uh, uh, use, <laughs> in a sense, to uh, you know present the art the way I see it in my head. So yeah. I don't know. Now the way that you see it in your head, though, is incredibly lightning fast. <laughs> Yes. Too fast sometimes. <laughs> well, and it's it's funny because um, the way that you present it in your short films, the art looks incredible. You handle it with so much speed and so much skill. I'm mesmerized just watching you do what you do with that stick. I have no idea where it's going. I have no idea what <laughs> you're trying to do, but it looks so cool and it sounds great. Now, trying to fold that into a story, uh, obviously, there's got to be some purpose to it and it's got to advance the story along, which I think you did really well in Arthur. Why hasn't it been done more, do you think? I mean, you see bits and pieces of it in, in movies, um, but not to the point where the general public can point to it and say, hey, that's Eskrima, that's Kali. Yeah, it's hard to put a finger on Kali simply because I think one of the things that's missing from translation of the art onto screen is a lot of it is very demonstrative. Um, and a lot of the things within demonstration, it's it's hard to see because it is so fast and it is so efficient. So how do you slow that down without compensating for what you're trying to replicate, if that makes sense? So if, you know, you, you see a, a angle one strike or a two strike in real life, you know, that's the end of the fight, <laughs> you know? So how do I elongate something that's supposed to be an efficient combative art? And I think it, there, there are no secrets here. I think, Hong Kong uh, action people have had more time to develop how they wanted to shoot Kung Fu. The Japanese, great example actually, samurai flicks for years, one strike in real life is a kill shot. You know, kind of like two cowboys dueling, one shot is a kill shot. So how do you lengthen that with a just cause, uh, not just for the sake of lengthening it? Uh, how can I actually bring more so I can show more layers of the art. And I, I just don't think anyone's figured that out yet. And myself, I scratch my head over it. You know, it's like, how can I make something that's quick and simple? Um, how can I make it an exchange now? Mm. You know, so it's, uh, I think to me, it's breaking it down to its bare basics and uh, focusing on more moments. Uh, in a lot of samurai movies, you'll see them build tension the characters are evenly matched. The storytelling is very visual. You know, there's a lot of wides. Uh, and then they'll cut in to 
really focus on a technique. And uh, it's evolved since then, of course. I love the translation of all that in uh, the Kenshin films. Very fast. Uh, they sold the idea of efficiency, uh, but they were able to build counters off of counters and moments and make the characters struggle. And uh, for me, that's sort of like the puzzle, I suppose, is uh, how can I slow it down in a sense so it, we'd have like a two-minute fight. You throw around a lot of technical terms and you're breaking the scenes down in your head and all that. When you were just studying martial arts, was there always an eye to moving towards film? Uh, no, not at all. I started martial arts just uh, because I was tired of uh, team sports. Uh, my dad actually, he was like, oh, you seem to like martial arts movies. Uh, would you like to start training in a martial art? And I said, yeah, I'll try it. And he actually, he was like, do you want to do Kung Fu? Do you want to do Taekwondo? And I was like, no, no. It's just nothing really jumped out to me. And then he asked a friend who said he had a friend that was Filipino and did a martial art uh, that was uh, a Filipino stick fighting art. And my dad was like, well, do you want to try that out? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I remember not being hooked right away, actually. It was kind of confusing, and um, I'd never done anything like that before. And I did a couple of lessons for a month or two, and uh, I actually stopped for a minute. Uh, and a year later, came back. Uh, I was like, uh, you know what? I, I want to give this another shot. And uh, my instructor at the time, Guru uh, Jeff Soriano, he was uh, very kind and gracious, and he was—he took me back. He didn't have to, but he did. Uh, I think he just saw a kid that was uh, looking for something, and he wanted to provide that for me. Uh, and again, it was heritage, you know, and I felt like I could find an identity um, through that. And I didn't feel so alone, and it gave me something to focus on uh, that benefited me. So... How did that transition to filmmaking happen? I know you were taking some classes for it, but when you decided to embrace filmmaking fully, how did you go from that world to the next? Uh, it was uh, a number of factors, I'd say. I, I think just from early on, I just I, I liked uh, watching stories, and I wanted to eventually start telling my own stories. Uh, and I, I liked creative control because I, I have – a lot of things in my head and I think what really drove me to pursue it was um, the things in my head I, I sometimes I just need to get out and there's no other outlet to use to get the things I see in my head out and once I discovered how to use a camera I realized that was the closest thing to what uh, I could use to get out pictures or feelings or you know, it's like uh, just jotting stuff down in a journal, uh, except for me, it's just shooting a video real quick with uh, this core concept behind it, regardless of if anyone would understand. You know, for me, it's like, well, I know what it's about. I know what I'm trying to say. Now it's out. It's externalized. So it's kind of a sigh of relief to me. And uh, the more I did it, the more uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I start fusing things together like my martial arts background, sort of figuring out my own uh, camera composition, how I like to edit, what I like to hear, you know, w within action and in um, just the overall edit. 
Um, so these things sort of came about through a trial and error, sure. But I think at the end of the day, it was simply just me needing to get things out and using uh, film as my main outlet for it. So what's your end goal then in the film world? Uh, just be a great filmmaker, be a good storyteller. One of the things I tell people if they if they ask very similar questions, you know, what what are you trying to get out of this? Well, what's your goal? And it's like, well, for me, I, I'd like to create entertainment for those who need an escape from reality, but also provide an opportunity for people to further seek the depths of their reality. Mm. So to entertain and enlighten, in a sense. I think that's the ultimate goal, and it, that's very hard. You know, some people just go to the movies because they want to laugh, and that's cool. Other people go to films because they want to be pensive and, and think about things, and I want to provide both if I can. So with that in mind, do you want to tell different stories that are couched in that action genre, or do you want to do an action film, a romantic comedy, a Western, just to, to name a, diff a few different genres? Yeah, I I don't mind doing different genres. I think at, at the core, for me, it would still have to have some action involved in some way. Uh, it doesn't have to be the meat of the movie, but that's because I'm a martial artist and you know, I enjoy fight scenes. <laughs> but... Uh, I guess at the end of the day, I, my niche really is uh, drama. I really love uh, Korean dramas because they are so emotional. And even the ones that don't really have fight scenes, there's still physical confrontation somewhere or, or uh, chasing or, you know, something. Yeah. Uh, but it's very human, very raw, uh, and I, I like that. I like it when movies just focus on people being people you know, tragedies, drama, conflict. So any anything that um, can house or facilitate that, uh, I'm down to try. Mm. Okay. So who would you say are some of your influences in terms of cinema and filmmaking? Uh, uh, so many. <laughs> well, uh, the, the two directors I always end up watching over and over again, uh, Terrence Malick and uh, Christopher Nolan. Mm. Uh, for two completely different reasons. I like that Christopher Nolan is very precise uh, and he has a lot of detail. And I like how he he stitches up his conclusions. Sometimes they're open-ended mm -hmm. uh, conclusions. Um, but I, I like him because he's a writer as well and he's very precise. Uh, I like the fact that Terrence Malick isn't so precise and a lot of what he does is highly reliant on the visual and not just to be, you know, artistic. Uh, I feel like a lot of his imageries, the way he shoots, the way he lets his DP shoot, I feel like a lot of what Terrence wants is the audience to really watch a frame. And a lot of his stuff is wider and slower. And uh, I like that idea because it sort of forces the audience to, once they realize what is going on, they realize they have to pay attention, they have to focus, they have to watch everything in the frame in order to understand the next frame. Um, and you'll notice that style is kind of leaked into my action. Uh, there's a lot of slow-paced shots, there's a lot of um, wides, a lot of push-ins. Uh, sometimes it's handheld and it sort of just floats around, and uh, I apply that to action as well, just because I like 
how that feels. Uh, even if the action's fast, a lot of my work is slow camera and slow music because I like that contrast. Nice. Now, uh, to go back to the martial arts for a little bit, you are also a teacher. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, last year, actually, I was able to bring some students to my grandmaster, uh, Bobby Tabata. And uh, the way it works in our system is you can't be become a full qualified instructor until you've gained a, uh, a level six, brought a student up from level one through level six in the system. If they pass their level six exam, then you're awarded uh, level seven, which is fully qualified instructor. Uh, so I was able to bring in three students and they tested and passed and I was uh, able to attain uh, the FQI title. So since then, it's been sort of, uh, for me, uh, just developing a small, uh, uh, not school, I'd say. It's not official or anything, just a, uh, a club. And uh, Travis Wong, uh, uh, the owner of Jam, one of the co-founders of Jam, has been kind enough to let us rent his space. So we have a Sunday class, and it's a group class, and it's open to the public. So if Anyone out there in the LA area wants to come train, feel free to come train with us uh, at JAM. Uh, but that's been going really well. Uh, and I, I love teaching. I love sharing uh, the art of uh, Belinda Walk. So it's it's been really fun. That's cool. Give me a, a compare and contrast between teaching Belinda Walk and filmmaking. Are, are they comparable? Is there uh, Are there things that you take from one and use in the other? Uh, yes, uh, definitely. I think... I think being a teacher, because I've been teaching martial arts for a while now, I think uh, being a teacher helps you learn how to interact with people and trying to uh, understand how they process something. So this comes in handy of, um, you know, for instance, on boss level, I had to train actors and teach them choreography and, you know, all these things, and it's all very physically involved, you know. So... Having been a teacher, I was able to very comfortably translate that into being a choreographer or a coordinator, a fight coordinator, and just being able to try and figure people out, like, what do they need to hear? How, how, how am I going to get through to them? And you sort of just, uh, you know, not dig at them, but you sort of experiment with things. Like, maybe they'll latch onto this idea, or, or if I explain it this way, they'll understand better. And it's about making them comfortable, too. You know, as a teacher, you don't want to scare away your students. You want them to come back and enjoy uh, what you're teaching them. So it's about making them feel safe, first of all, and then showing them that they can do it and it's uh, attainable. And then start layering on till it builds them and they gain more confidence and then you're like okay cool i can show you more and more and it for me it's the same trying to explain balint walk to a student it's the same as showing uh, an actor some choreography so it does go hand in hand and i think it's it's helped me tremendously cool. all right so make me feel safe as a student uh what would be your what would be your advice to to me who's older uh whose reflexes and speed are not nearly what they once were what would you tell me in my pursuit of doce pares scrima i would say uh go slow and have fun very simple yeah wise words yeah for sure all right back to the cinema what do you think is the next big evolution 
in action cinema? You've got the filmmaking experience. You've got the martial arts experience. What is the next step to advance action and martial arts in film? You know, I think, to be honest, as long as people, uh, whoever they are, fight coordinators, stunt coordinators, uh, second unit directors, directors, uh, whatever it is, if you are part of the creative process and uh, you're writing it or producing it or directing it, whatever it is, I, I think what I'd like to see more of is uh, people genuinely putting out stuff that they want to see. Mm. Being honest with themselves and being like, well, this sounds crazy, but this is what I want to see. So that's what I'm going to sh- go shoot. And I know it's easier said than done, <laughs> um, but I just, uh, it's it's kind of sad to me to see a, a lot of the same things coming out over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are looking for the next new thing that's exciting that will get it attention and it's like well strip it all away and just do what you want to see because i guarantee people are going to be attracted to something they know is important to you at least attracted enough to go check it out i think a lot of people are trying to set standards uh uh, you know they look at ratings or percentages and they're trying to feed into uh, you know what's successful what's hot okay we'll we'll do that and for me, it's not about that. I want to do stuff that I want to see. I want to do Balintwak choreography. I want to do dramas. I want, I want like I said, slow-paced camera and, and slow music and uh, fast action. You know, it's stuff that, you know, most people wouldn't do, but it's something I want to see. Cool. It's something I like. And I think that's why people come back and watch uh, people like Vlad and Manny Manzanares because we're all, we're all just trying to do what makes us happy you know i think that's that's something that a lot of people gravitate toward awesome and uh the stuff that you guys are putting out is some really fascinating and uh, exciting stuff so absolutely keep doing what you guys are doing oh thank you all right let's do a lightning round oh no okay (laughs) all right first thing that comes off the uh, top of your head you ready uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right what was the last Filipino food you ate? Uh, adobo. Nice. Uh, Marvel or DC? Marvel. All right. Marvel offers you the character of your choice to make a film. Who do you choose? Uh, Nightwing Marvel? DC. Or DC? Yeah. Okay. So that's <laughs> off the table. I would love to do Nightwing. I actually was talking to Yoshi several times about doing sort of a, a Nightwing thing uh, just because it would be a great opportunity to, to implement uh, some of the the Kali stuff, and it's a great character. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be cool. All right, All right um, you versus Emmanuel Manzanares in a robot dance battle. Oh, Manny would win. <laughs> <laughs> I think he used to be boy or something crazy. I'm sure he did. <laughs> All right, uh, zombie apocalypse is coming. Who in your stunt community do you recruit to your side? Oh man, uh, I would I would recruit uh, Jay and Jerry just just because I know. <laughs> We'd stumble through through that somehow. <laughs> okay, and uh, next question. Definitively, Black Widow versus Elektra. Ah, uh, Black Widow. <laughs> Just because it's Scarlett Johansson in my head. Nice. And um, I, I asked that question because if, if I'm correct, you directed uh, the uh, Amy Johnson versus um, uh, Laura and Mary Kim? Uh, yes, I, I uh, fight coordinated it on the day, shot and edited. Cool. Uh, the choreography was already 
preset by uh, Abe Tsuyoshi. But yes, I did direct that for them on the day. And that was a very cool video, and uh, it got uh, a lot of press at the time, right? It did, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Lauren uh, hit me up and asked if I was down. I was like, yeah, let's give it a go. And uh, I, I actually can't remember. I think it was just one day, one full day. Wow, nice. But yeah, it was a lot of stuff to cover. We even cut out and shortened some bits just for time, but I think it worked out. I think it was uh, overall very good. <laughs> well done. All right. Uh, and last uh, lightning round question, and I hope you get it right. It is a trick question, though. So what is your favorite podcast about Kung Fu, martial arts, TVs, movies, and entertainment? Oh, uh, Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> you got it right. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so what projects do you have in the works? What, what else uh, are you working on right now that you can tell us about anyway? Uh, well, we're actually trying to write out Arthur Two. Cool. Uh, it's just another action short, but we're, we're hoping to get some money involved. But I like the script a lot. Um, it's kind of a uh, it's a prequel. Oh, nice. So uh, slowly working on that. And then just uh, whatever else uh, we think up in the meantime. <laughs> All right. And where can uh, my audience go to follow along with your film and uh, potential students? Where can they find you? I mostly use Instagram and then um my YouTube channel, both are called Slayer Stunts. Uh, so you, you can probably find me at uh, those two places. Cool. And uh, Brian is very active on Instagram. His stories uh, always feature uh, some kind of ridiculously fast exchange. And when I say fast, guys, I, I can't even begin to convey how fast <laughs> Brian seems to move you can be tempted to think that these are sped up somehow because I can't follow <laughs> the speed. Um, and uh, it, it's really, it really is mesmerizing to just watch how skilled you are with the uh, scrimmage sticks. Uh, so if you want to see some cool action, uh, check out his uh, YouTube channel. Arthur is a great film. Uh, it's uh, it's not very long, but uh, the story comes through very nicely, and the action is really great. Night Watch is also uh, a favorite of mine, again, just because of the close quarters action. So, uh, Slayer Stunts, check that out on YouTube. Check them out on Instagram. And uh, again, Brian, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Best of luck with everything else you got going on. Thank you very much. Much thanks to Brian Slaughter for joining me on the show. Really cool guy and a hell of a talent, both as a filmmaker and as a martial artist. Now, I'll post links to all his socials and his YouTube page in the show notes, but otherwise, search for Slaughter Stunts. That's S-L-O-Y-E-R Stunts. But just be ready to lose a few hours going through some of his work. If you're curious at all about Eskrima as a martial art, just watch Brian do his thing and see if you can make sense of the speed. I like to watch the exchanges and try to pinpoint when exactly he's going to go for the disarm. And in almost every case, I'm almost always completely wrong. So I've got that going for me. Now, as for me, follow me on all my socials as well, at Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast on Instagram, at Kung Fu Drive-In on Facebook and Twitter. And if you're on Twitter, you can find me hanging out with my other indie podcast buddies at the hashtag Castaways. It's a small part of the Potter Family Collective. Thanks for tuning into this episode, and if you've taken the time to go to iTunes and drop a rating or a review, thank you for that because it's a huge help to the show. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world.
welcome to the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. I see the iron fisted bunk before the daily prayers. Shouting bunks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea of roaming over the lands. Yeah, the little bitch soldier is old and wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cast and pass here, the pass. Not the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but more. Don't hit back Yeah, the death jewel's here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jet Li's even faster Bitch had a little drink Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies Will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain Gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all So stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slashing blood of just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor and the blood It'll splatter against the wall, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spilled When you head into a war, fearless Unleashed. The fist of legend that the car jet leaves. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm, to smash the place so with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting.